Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network, a station dedicated to the concept that all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Join Reverend Terry Power HP, Robin McKean, and all the hosts for programming covering a wide range of spiritual topics, right here on Blog Talk Radio. and he has a lot of great information on our immune systems and uh, contagion. So without further ado, I go to Michael Del Russi. Greetings and welcome, sir. Good evening, Hercules. It's great to be with you. Thank you for the opportunity to share uh, information and wisdom. I really do appreciate it. And as we said earlier, if the 40 minutes for the segments are not enough, I'll gladly invite you back uh, during uh, the segment at the end and so we can continue because you have a lot of information. It's dynamite and very important to get it out there. Well, I think I'll be able to do that in the 40 minutes, but I thank you so much. Um, I just watched the White House news conference concerning the coronavirus uh, over the weekend, I put out a post uh, for some of my colleagues. Uh, there's a doctor who I'm uh, a followed for many years, a Dr. Robert Hoffman, who has a natural health center. He used to have a program on WR Radio. He does a podcast now. Uh, he very much was uh, in agreement with my comments, and I'd like to share them with the audience now, if sure, I may. Sure, Yes. Uh, this is my post. I am amazed that all of the major news networks for the last month, not one reporter or commentator has discussed immune-enhancing nutrients to help strengthen the body's defense against this and other virus. Countless studies have demonstrated how high doses of vitamin C can help produce antibodies to fight not only virus but bacteria as well, something antibiotics cannot do. Yet they warn those with compromised immune systems to be extra cautious. We know what is happening here. While most of the conventional medical community is aware of the solid evidence 
that the immune system can be greatly supported by the use of antioxidants, they hesitate to step out and say so for fear of reprisals from various doubters within the community. Sadly, not at all that much has changed in this country when it comes to the mainstream giving natural medicine its due. Uh, this is the post I put out over the weekend. I've reposted in various areas because I think everyone within the sound of my voice should grasp what is really happening here. And this is the age of heroes. I'm afraid yeah. we're more than anything else, we're going to have to be our own heroes with the confines of our own kingdoms, our own sanctuaries, because as I speak, some of the so-called experts that are uh, uh, presenting themselves in mainstream media, even as of tonight, even as I speak to you now, not one, not one has mentioned nutritional support, boosting the immune system. The, I mean, it's the same old protocol, wash your hands 50 times a day, wear a mask if necessary. Uh, if you're already compromised with a specific illness, avoid crowds. But the most important advice is the, is that we can boost our own immune defenses right here at home with the right antioxidants and nutrients. What's really uh, uh, aggravating, quite frankly, at, is, mm-hmm. at a time in our lives, in our culture, in our society, when super, supermarket shelves are crowded with antioxidants and minerals, at a time in our lives when pharmacies have shelf upon shelf of antioxidants, immune-stimulating nutrients, at a time in our lives when major pharmacies are buying up certain uh, vitamin manufacturers in the hopes of getting in on the natural healing action, if you will, yet Mm -hmm. there is no mention of these natural substances that can literally save lives, especially senior citizens and those who are already affected with degenerative diseases. What is happening here? Why the omission? Wow. Uh, I don't know. You know, I've just heard heard Robert Redfield of the CDC, the director of the CDC. I've heard Dr. Anthony Fauci. I believe I'm pronouncing the name correctly. He's the director of infectious disease. I've heard Dr. Deborah Byricks, who's with the administration, on coronavirus coordinator. She's a coordinator. Not one, not one, I repeat to your audience, not one has mentioned what we can do right now to stimulate our immune defense. I am in utter shock. Those of us who are on the fringe, those of us who are spiritual researchers like yourself, who are physical Mm -hmm. fitness researchers like, like we are, like holistic researchers, and we're not clinicians. We don't claim to be, but we are researchers. All right, right. This is the proof. This is the proof right here. We're living the proof right now of why it's so important to utilize our bicameral knowledge, both creative mind and analytical, logical mind, to get ourselves through a crisis. We're living it right now. I personally am absolutely amazed and stunned. At what I'm witnessing, and that's what I wanted to open the show with today. I cannot believe it. And some of my colleagues in the natural uh, healing field and integrative medicine, uh, they're just as astonished as I am. And I wish more of them 
uh, would speak out in the coming weeks because it's it's essential. It's essential. So other than vitamin C, um, how else can we protect ourselves? If, if we were to, if you were to suggest a vitamin regimen, can you explain what it would consist of and why these uh, uh, micronutrients would be important uh, for to protect us against uh, um, what uh, we're being exposed to environmentally and what's happening around us right now? Well, I absolutely would, and I'd like to uh, begin that process by explaining very briefly how sure. these natural substances affect the immune system. We know that the spleen acts as a filter. As a part of the immune system, the spleen helps to fight bacteria. The thymus, the thymus makes T cells that travel throughout the body and fight disease and infection. And infection. The white blood cells are involved in protecting the body from infectious disease and are formed uh, in foreign invaders. They're formed basically in the bone marrow. Uh, bone marrow produces red blood cells, platelets, and white blood cells, as well as lymphocytes. Uh, lymphocytes are a form of white blood cell, which also strengthen the immune system. And finally, the gut uh, produces the highest amount of white blood cells, up to 70%. That basically is a, is a, a, a cursory breakdown of what the immune system is and what it does. And they should be... They, Frankly, they should be educating. That take took all of, what, 10 seconds for me to explain? It wouldn't do yeah. any harm to explain that to the American populace as well, those who may not understand what, okay, what makes up the immune system. Uh, all of this, I think, is essential. Uh, as far as a, a basic nutritional protocol, for those who are not supplementing or are just beginning to understand the, the principles of supplementing, I do have a program, a very... I take a lot of supplements per day. I've been doing so since my late 30s, but you do not have to take 30 pills a day to protect your immune system. So I do have an outline, which I'd like to recommend. I think awesome. vitamin C. I think vitamin C with bioflavonoids, everyone should take at least 2,000 milligrams a day. Vitamin D3, at least between 25 and 50 micrograms a day. Some vitamins are measured in milligrams. Some are measured in micrograms. Zinc, zinc is so essential. Zinc supports the thymus gland, which produces T cells, which fight invaders. Uh, I would recommend at least between 25 and 50 milligrams a day. Selenium, selenium is a, a power puncher. I would say between 100 and 200 micrograms a day. Vitamin A, 10,000 international units should be sufficient. And vitamin E, at least 400 international units. Vitamin E usually comes, I would recommend, the mixed tocopherols. The tocopherols are the different oils. Mixed tocopherols are best. Uh, vitamin E and selenium have been known for three decades to be a powerful immune stimulator, the two together. So I'm recommending uh, one, two, three, four, five, just six supplements. If you can keep your uh, program within the confines of just those six supplements, uh, in some of the uh, ranges that I've recommended, the potency ranges, well, you're going a long way to protect it. When you step out your side of your door each and every day, you know that you've supplied your body with a pretty powerful uh, uh, support system, if you will. Those are the supplements I would recommend. If you could take just those six 
and integrate them into your daily nutritional regimen, you're going a long way to protecting your immune system. You're stimulating your thymus. You're stimulating your white blood cell production. Uh, some of these, like vitamin C, is very powerful in the 2,000 milligram range in enhancing white blood cell production. We know these are the cells that defend us. These are the cells that protect us. These are our attack mode, if you will. So wow. if you could just integrate those six nutrients into your program on a day-to-day basis, we're talking about pennies on the dollar here. There's people that spend far more than that to have their cars detailed or whatever the case might be. You're talking about pennies on the dollar to provide your body with maximum protection. Drugs can't do it. Antibiotics cannot do it. But these natural substances can do it. And I am ultimately, you know, we talk about conspiracies. We talk about the different mysteries of life. We're living it right now. You are seeing it right now, and I'm reaching out to your audience because I care. Anyone within the range, within the sound of my voice, do your research. Reach out to other holistic um, uh, practitioners. See what they have to say as well. Make Come together uh, with your family. React through bicameral thinking. Make your own decision, but understand that this is vital information, here, and it's out there. There's no secrets here. Your shelves are full of these nutrients. So here's my question. Why are not these major representatives, representatives of the people, representatives of one, why not one? As we speak, as of tonight, why has not one mentioned the benefits of nutritional supplementation to protect your body and immune system? We're living the conspiracy right now, and that's what I'm here to tell you. It's here right now. Why? It's it's outlandish. It's outlandish. And uh, as you said, this information has been known for quite a while, and uh, it's gained the acceptance of uh, the medical community uh, also, who often uh, uh, prescribe uh, supplements. I know that I've been uh, given D3 uh, uh, pills to take, uh, and I take one once a week. So that was prescribed by my doctor, and it's a prescription thing. So uh, medicine does know the value of uh, nutrients uh, and uh, their effect on the body. You're so right. They absolutely know, and I'm glad you mentioned that because more and more physicians are checking to see uh, if our vitamin D3 levels are where they should be. And, by, and that that specific blood test, I believe, as I, it's kind of expensive. I think that blood test can go into two between the two and four hundred dollar range. So it's an expensive blood test, but well worth it. Yes, well, it's just like CoQ10. Uh, mm-hmm. We know that some cardiologists in the know—not everyone, but some—if uh, you're on statin drugs to lower cholesterol, they will now recommend that you also take CoQ10. Why? Because we know that statin drugs deplete the heart muscle of this essential nutrient. CoQ10 is essential, just like Hawthorne, uh, in keeping the heartbeat strong and vital, the heart muscle. And statin drugs, there's millions of Americans right now that are on cholesterol-lowering drugs. Unfortunately, many of them still do not know that CoQ10 is essential to prevent further cardiovascular issues. Many, many uh, cardiovascular uh, Physicians are recommending it, but many are still remiss in that area. I'm currently exploring mitochondrial 
uh, supplementation and CoQ10 is one of the um, uh, vitamins recommended for that. And you've recommended in the past. And today in the mail, uh, my CoQ10, it's mixed with something else. Uh, and uh, since it's downstairs, I can't tell you offhand what it is, uh, but it's CoQ10 and something else. And uh, um, I got it to uh, turbocharge my mitochondria now that I'm learning about mitochondria. Well, you know, you, uh, I'm impressed. You're certainly up on your nutritional science, nutritional science for the future. Um, well, thank you. you. You opened my eyes to its importance. I've uh, played with it my entire life on and off. Uh, so I'm not totally uh, ignorant. I wouldn't call myself learned either. Uh, but since uh, our conversation has started, I've been looking into it more and more, and I've been experimenting more and more. Well, you're right to explore mitochondrial science, and I was hoping that maybe in the future we can discuss that further. But yeah, the, awesome. energy, the energy core of the cell, CoQ10, uh, 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 L-carnitine, uh, and, uh, are two of the main ones that it seemed to stimulate the uh, mitochondria of the cells. And the science so far is indicating that uh, this combination together, the L-carnitine and the CoQ10, can really bring new life to old cells. And we know that when our cells die out and they're replaced by the cells, if the old cells are kept healthy as long as possible, the newer cells will that re replace them will... Uh, be repro reproduced in a more healthful, vital way. So the, the, the more we feed ourselves, the better. And the, the, when we feed them properly, of course, uh, so much the better. So you're right to begin to explore mitochondrial science. I think so, there's a lot we can learn there. And further, our, uh, our health goals uh, to the point that, you know, we can reach places that perhaps we've never dreamed of in terms of of preserving our health longer and in a more vital way. So, yes, that's nutritional science for the near future, and uh, it's impressive that you're already exploring that area. Are there things that we can avoid uh, that sabotage us, that uh, um, leave us open to uh, these type of environmental factors? Well, yes, there are. I mean, you know, uh, we know that white sugar, white starch, uh, causes an inflammation seems to be the main culprit, if you will, in, in, in creating a deleterious environment as far as our cells are concerned. White sugar, we must not leave out saturated fat. And I know we're living in an age where there continues to be a major conflict in terms of, well, fat isn't so bad. Sugar is really the main culprit. My contention is, based on my 40 years of experience, both are bad. Both are bad. White sugar, yes, should be avoided as much as possible. But saturated fat continues to be a major culprit. So, yeah, anything that causes inflammation in the body, and we know those are two, should be avoided as much as possible. Alcohol, I think, is fine within reason. Uh, the reason I say it's fine there's been many studies. There's just been a new study, as a matter of fact, on uh, red wine and prostate cancer. And this is from uh, uh, the Life Extension Institute, uh, which indicates that certain cultures, in spite of the high consumption of butter, shortening meats and cheese, foods long suspected of causing heart disease and, and prostate issues, 
those who consume specifically red wine seem to have the lowest incidence of prostate issue, issues as well as cardiovascular issues. Now, these studies, there have been many studies in the past that have validated this. This is a new study from the Journal of Lancet. And as you probably know, that's a very well-respected uh, journal. Yes, and it strongly indicates that the polyphenols within the wine, the antioxidants within the wine, are the biggest protectors in terms of our our organs. So now we know that red wine, besides offering a protective environment cardiovascular-wise, can also protect our prostate, especially if we're consuming a high-fat diet. And, you know, I've had various gentlemanly debates with uh, people who are on high-fat diets and have questioned me, why are you a vegan? Uh, you know, why are you consume all these carbohydrates? And I respect everyone's choice and where everyone's creative mind will take them in terms of their health issues. But I will say this, you've had to, you have some experts in the field, again, who are blaming white sugar for everything. But I know 30, 40 years ago, there's been a direct correlation between certain cancers, especially hormone-driven cancers, and high-fat diets. So I would caution everyone, if you are on a higher-fat diet in, term, in terms of animal fats specifically, make sure you're taking a wide range of antioxidants. Uh, that would be my suggestion because, again, we're living in an age, you know, it's a funny thing. On, in, on many levels, we live in a Pied Piper society. And I hate to say that, but it's true. When Atkins was big, everybody was on Atkins. When vegan was uh, became popular, although vegan's a little harder to uh, sustain, if you will, vegan is the way to go. Uh, now we have keto and paleolithic diets. Yeah. And I would say to each his own, but remember there's a downside probably to each of these diets, which means, again, supplementing with the right nutrients, I think we're living in an age where that is critical. Um, I've, I've also been uh, fiddling with the keto diet, um, and uh, I'm going as much as possible for plant-based uh, uh, keto mm -hmm. products, especially coconut, uh, coconut oil, it seems, uh, uh, is very mm -hmm. good for a keto diet. Um, and uh, uh, I've been researching on that, too, and that's very similar uh, to uh, some of the other Atkins diets, except more emphasis is put on fat than on the protein. Right, um, right. You need magnesium, you need uh, potassium, you need, you know, all the same types of uh, vitamins uh, that right. you normally And I started reading uh, the bullet, Asprey's The Bulletproof Diet. Are you familiar with that? Uh, no, why don't you uh, familiar, uh, familiarize me with that? I'm not, I don't think I'm familiar with it. It's uh, it's very much like the uh, the ketogenic diet. I just started the book, so I'm not going to do it justice. So I won't even try uh, to explain the ins right. and outs of it. But uh, he invented bulletproof coffee. Uh, he uh, took takes basically coffee and finds very high grade uh, beans that don't have any mold in them. And one of the things I've learned from reading the beginning of the book is how much mold is in our natural food. Uh, and uh, um, I've had several different opinions online, you know, about uh, whether that's a good thing, a bad thing, and so forth. And again, I don't know. I don't have the scientific background to really uh, voice an opinion that would mean anything, but I'm still exploring it. And uh, um, so he added to that grass-fed butter, 
and mm-hmm. then and oil, uh, which is basically uh, you know coconut oil. Um, so right. you drink that once a day, and it's supposed to have all these benefits. So I just started that this week. Um, I don't know yet if it has the benefits, but we'll see. Um, and uh, I'm reading his take on the ketogenic uh, diet and the X3 um, bar system that I'm using, which is both fitness and diet. Um, right. As you get far into it, uh, he introduces the keto, ketogenic diet. And I've been told at the end, uh, he recommends a carnivore diet. Um, so right now I'm in the keto phase of it. So I'm exploring uh, the ketogenic diet and trying it. I must tell you that the the one result I did notice um, is uh, clar- mental clarity. Um, it seems that consuming uh, fats, even though everything I've read says the, the brain thrives on sugars, um, lowering uh, the sugars and upping the, the fats, uh, my mental clarity is much more sharper. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, everyone's metabolism reacts differently. Yeah. You know, everybody said, I would say this, this is what, again, this is what following your own instincts, what your own body, if your body's telling you you're feeling well, uh, then by all means, continue that process. You know, uh, look, look, uh, you know, we'll, <laughs> we'll never avoid toxins. We'll never avoid free radicals. We'll never avoid the poisons in our environment completely. This is a journey. This is a journey. But if there's certain steps we can take based on our practical mind as well as our creative minds, and for each of us the journey's a little bit different, uh, if there's certain steps we can take to minimize the toxic environment that surrounds us, then by all means we should take those steps. And what's great here is even as we speak, we're sharing wisdom, we're sharing knowledge, you're sharing your experience, I'm sharing my experience, we're learning from each other, that's what's great about the times that we live in. What's not great, what's not great is what I witnessed tonight in the White House yeah. conference. On the co- and I, this is why people that do what you do, people that do what I do, your other guests who explore certain, if you will, uh, fringe areas of healing, uh, mysterious areas of what the government may or may not be doing, what it should this is why what we do is so important because we, we may be changing lives one life at a time because information is being held from us. It's the information that should be front and center is put on the back burner. And we're facing a real crisis right now with this virus. We don't really know how serious it is. Some say it's not as serious. It's about as serious as the flu, maybe even less. So we don't know. Some say no, it's we overblown. We don't know. But we know this, that supplying our bodies with the right nutrients will up our immune response and protect us far more than washing your hands 50 times a day or wearing a mask. And yet, as you and I speak, I haven't heard one professional voice, not one, emphasize this point. I'm aghast. As we speak, I'm still in shock. I can't believe it. I just can't believe. So we have to turn to our own kingdom within, do our own research and realize what makes the most sense to us. In a, in a 10-year study by UCLA, they, of 19,000 adults showed that the lowest levels of people with the lowest levels of vitamin C had the highest mortality, mortality rate, even when wow. other lifestyle fact, even when other lifestyle factors have been 
considered. We know that vitamin C increases the production of B lymphocytes and white blood cells and produce antibodies and enhance the immune response. 19,000 adults, and this is a study done by UCLA, the death from all diseases was, was radically lower in those taking the highest amounts of vitamin C. We know Linus Pauling proved when he won the Nobel Prize that vitamin C diminishes the effects of cold and flu. They didn't give him the Nobel Prize for nothing. <laughs> they, had, they, right. they validated his research. So it's very upsetting to see we're facing a, a, a crisis as you and I speak, and yet and nutritional support not only has been put on the back burner, isn't even being discussed. Isn't even being discussed. And that's why I sent my post out over the weekend to other individuals in the field. And Dr. Ronald Hoffman is with somebody. He has a major integrative uh, health center in New York. And we've shared ideas many times. He, by the way, is a big fan of keto. We've we've respectfully uh, disagreed in that area, very respectfully. But on, in in other areas, we support each other completely. That you know, there is a there is a sublime uh, uh, resentment by certain individuals in the conventional medical community uh, when it comes to nutritional therapists, nutritional therapy, and integrative medicine. There is a sublime resentment for whatever reason, and that's what I wanted to share with you tonight. That. Uh, uh, you take Saul Palmetto is another study, uh, but this is by Reuters, and Reuters uh, reported this, that a Dr. W.H. Goldman in a study of the American Study of Biology found that Saul Palmetto uh, standardized, uh, standardized extract, by the way, is what we really should be taking, prevents the growth of cancer cells in the prostate. Wow. Prevents it. The supplements... The supplements effect were very specific just to prostate cancer, had no effect on other types of cancer. It has previously been shown that it reduces the effect of BPH. That's benign prostate prostate hypotrophy, which many men suffer from when they uh, reach my age or older, some younger. And it lowers the level of DHT in the body. That's very important. DHT is the major culprit. Of prostate disease, and it wow. it's a precursor. Yeah, it's a precursor. In fact, that's the same hormone that causes hair loss in men. The same hormone, and that's what individuals who take high doses of pros- of uh, of salt palmetto at the right stage of their lives. Not only did they notice an improvement in their prostate condition, but some have noticed renewed hair growth. It's the same hormone. By the way, it's the same hormone that causes hair loss in women, postmenopausal. Wow. So that's so, these are this is what, yes. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Yeah, this is why it's important for us to look at the right journals and 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 listen to the right integrative physicians and look at the right studies when it comes to you know, uh, 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 being exposed to this groundbreaking information. I'm very blessed because I have uh, friends and guests like you who keep on top of that and are very generous in sharing it with uh, others. And my wife also uh, 
looks everything up and, uh, you know, like uh, you and I don't agree, but we respectfully learn from each other. Um, I don't know. She's more of a, a carbohydrates uh, person than I am. Um, and, you know, we don't always see eye to eye, but we learn from each other. And she's always good with uh, uh, getting good information for me to uh, familiarize myself with so that I can make the best decisions I possibly can. Uh, well, that's wonderful to have a partner like that. Maybe someday I'll find, I'll find a partner like that. That's wonderful that you're able to integrate your knowledge, your wisdom, your 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 creative thinking. That's what this life is all about, it's to learn from each other. But uh, it's disappointing at this point in our lives, you know, we're, we've both we've both studied life life's mysteries for years. We've studied uh, uh, the metaphysical, the possibility of other in, in, invisible worlds beyond ours. We know that there's evidence of that as well, and the mainstream media doesn't talk about that either. And perhaps there'll be a day when they do. Uh, so you know what we're going we're researching areas that will probably are still still till this day with all we know with our vast media opportunities areas that are woefully neglected but I'm I personally right now am astonished because with the with with the availability of these nutrients in every commercial area that we're exposed to every supermarket every drugstore any place you can think of loaded with supplements and yet not one mention, and I've never been more astonished than what we're living through right now, and that's what I wanted to share tonight, that it's something everybody should at least be aware of. We have, to, we have to protect our kingdoms within, and that's through progressive thinking, both from our creative mind and our logical, analytical mind, bicameral thinking, as you and I have discussed so many times. Yeah. Very well and powerfully uh, said. So basically, uh, if somebody is taking vitamin C, um, D3, zinc, selenium, uh, vitamin A, and vitamin E, uh, that should uh, create like the shield or the vanguard. You know, those are easy to obtain and they're not expensive. Um, and uh, somebody could start defending their immune system with uh, just uh, those. Um, and Go ahead. Yes. Let me say, if they're just starting out supplementing, if they ask, they were to come to you, Hercules, what can I do what, without taking 50 pills a day? That's a powerful regimen, if you will, a powerful regimen to protecting themselves right now. And that's the, that's a program that I would heartily recommend. Well, I will... I, I think I get all of these in my uh, multis as well as the individual tablets, but I will double check the percentages uh, to make sure I'm fully covered. And uh, uh, Michael, thank you. Uh, your ministry is health, which is uh, incredibly awesome and noble. Um, how can people become, uh, get to know you better and get involved in all the great things you're doing? And I know that you help uh, train people and you counsel them. How would they get involved with all that? Uh, well, they can write to me at uh, P.O. Box 129, Caldwell, New Jersey. The zip is 0706. I will provide any type of nutritional counseling, uh, and no matter if they're dealing with a specific condition, we will also address that as well. Uh, and I have a wellness program that they can request at a, a $3 donation, uh, and I know they won't be disappointed with it at the same address 
uh, Michael Del Rossi, Checker Money Order, Box 129, Caldwell, New Jersey, 0706, and they'll get a free laminated chart on the wisdom of the hemispheres and why seeking integrated thinking, integrated mind is so important. And I would be glad to uh, send that out. But free, absolute free counseling for as long as they need it. I make myself available. Incredibly awesome. I thank you again for keeping on top of all this information and helping to uh, get it out there to people who uh, need it and can certainly use it. Um, be well, my friend, and I look forward to our next conversation. Thank you so much, Hercules, for the opportunity, and bless all you and your family. Thank you. And to you and yours as well, many Olympian uh, blessings. And to those listening too, uh, thank you for uh, being with us for this segment. I'm going to play Dave the Bard's Land of the Ever Young, which is Tir Nanak to the Celts. And then we'll be back.
This is Hercules Invictus. Today is our Age of Heroes series, and we're focusing on optimal wellness. And our next hero is Ryan Foley of Fury and Strength, and he is here to share with us what he knows about building mythic arms. And I posted a picture of Ryan uh, today. It's not a very new picture, uh, but it shows you that he has indeed mythic arms, so he knows that wherever he speaks. Greetings and welcome, Ryan. How are you? I'm doing okay. I'm I'm trying. I'm not. Uh, I'm not laughing at the intro. It's just. Uh, it's. I think it might be a little bit too much praise, but uh, I, I certainly appreciate the the sentimentality behind it. So it's it's a wonderful way to start this interview. Okay. <laughs> you do have impressive arms, though. Well, thank you. It's it's kind of one of those things. I I think uh, you know whenever you buy a new car. Uh, one of the first things that, you know, guys always want to ask you, you know, is, is uh, well, how fast does it go? Uh, and, you know, so there's the, the key uh, things that you go through and, and you build a workout. And those big, solid arms, it's, it's kind of one of those things that, uh, that, that girls notice and guys notice. The, uh, the, the common uh, uh, thro- uh, saying that gets thrown around out there is that um, uh, bicep- curls are for the girls and, and triceps are for the guys. So uh, curls for girls, tries for guys. Uh, And and so it's going through and building those big, strong arms, I think, are one of the fun things uh, that you do. You know, you have your four basic uh, key exercises that you can do that you can pretty much build an entire exercise program around. And a lot of that deals with things like the bench press, the squat, the deadlift, and the pull-up. But then everyone wants to to go through and and build those arms up. And so – I think that's typically I do a little bit of arm work just about uh, uh, every uh, uh, every time I go to work out, even if it's just doing you know, a little something light to, to get the blood flowing. It's a good way to get warmed up and to get excited. Uh, and, and so then a lot of times I try to do uh, my arm workouts on Friday. So that way you know, I'm closing out the week with a good, fun exercise uh, that I really enjoy. And I think most, most people will agree that uh, training your arms is one of those things because you can see the results so dramatically. Uh, and there's mm-hmm. a couple of reasons for that. So uh, aside from the calves, 
your biceps are the fastest recovering muscle in your body. Uh, so obviously your calves are really important for walking around, so they're able to recover quite quickly. And so the biceps, uh, they're, they're also a fast recovering muscle as well. So whenever I'm going through and I'm designing my workouts and I'm designing my builds, one of the things that I try to do is to develop those compound exercises first. So uh, just for your listeners to, to explain, uh, there's a difference between the single joint exercises and compound exercises. So your compound exercises are anything that you're doing that's requiring more than one uh, movement within, within your body. So say, like, for instance, your, best, your bench press, you're moving your shoulders, you're moving your elbows, you know, your wrists are moving you know, a little bit there, uh, so that it results in what's called a, a compound movement. And those compound movements can recruit more muscle fibers, so therefore you're able to lift more weight because you're distributing that weight across a variety of muscle fibers. Whereas your, your arm training, it's really more of a singular movement because you're only going through, it's, it's very difficult to, to come up with compound movements for, for training your arms. So most of them are, are single joint movements. So you go through and you, and you go through and you're structuring your workout. So that way your compound movements typically are done first. Uh, they're uh, they're going to be uh, bigger, heavier lifts. Uh, they're they're going to drain your tank a little bit faster. Uh, so I always say that the, the big compound lifts are for, you know, building your strength, whereas your, your single joint movements, that's more for sculpting. So you're not lifting quite as much, uh, but then you're going through and, and you're really, you know, singularly developing all those muscle fibers. So I went through, and one of the things that I've always been fascinated, uh, going back to the beginning of, of when I started bodybuilding, uh, going on almost six years now, uh, is I'm fascinated behind the science of it. I, I think that's probably one of the biggest misconceptions amongst bodybuilders is that everyone thinks, oh, you know, they're just, you know, big dumb guys that are in there just picking up heavy weight and setting it back down. And there's actually, there, there's very much a, a, a real legit science to this. And so that science is what has, has fascinated me from the beginning, trying to figure out, you know, well, if you do this, you're going to get this result. And then going through and you have to custom tailor a program that's going to be designed to fit your needs. And that's where I would say it probably takes an average anywhere from one to two years to really to begin to develop yeah. that gym IQ. So that way, you know, I, I, I think one of the biggest uh, problems that people have whenever they come in and they're starting an exercise program is they go through and they look up these programs that maybe are, are listed on the Internet uh, on you know, all the websites and things like that. And one of the things that I always try to caution people is that you're jumping into a program that's designed for serious lifters. And so it's, it's basically, uh, if I could give a video game analogy, it would okay. be dropping someone in the middle of playing World of Warcraft and you drop them in with a character that's max level uh, versus just starting out and learning how to play the game. Or, you know, so you have all these buttons, you don't really know what to do, uh, and you're just kind of fumbling your way through it. Whereas if you start from the basics and you start developing your gym IQ and you start to understand, well, we're going to do this, and more importantly, this is why we're going to do this, then you can start to, to develop your gym IQ so that way you can design a program that's right for you. So uh, whenever it comes to uh, you know, arms, uh, one of the things that I always try to focus on is, is a simple thing like elbow positioning. So okay. uh, just speak from a, strictly from, um, uh, from a scientific standpoint, okay, so even the term bicep, so that dates back to Latin. 
uh, bi meaning two and set meaning head. So the bicep basically has two heads to it. Uh, you have the long head and you have the short head. And it's important to stimulate both of those different muscle fibers. So if you're looking at your arm, the, that the long head is going to be on the outside of your arm. And it's, it is, it's, it's the longer of the two. Uh, and then the short head is going to be that ball that's on the inside. So one way that you could go through and you could describe it is uh, the short head is the baseball and the long head is the shelf that the baseball sits on. And so it's important to go through and stimulate those muscles uh, equally. So if you go through and you're just doing your standard, let's say you're doing a standard uh, a, a barbell curl, a barbell or a dumbbell curl. Uh, and and your your arms are down at your side. I, I believe that's uh, I, um, the anatomical position where basically you're just standing there and, and your arms are, are perpendicular, uh, and you're just going through and you're doing and you're doing your curls. By going through and doing that, you're stimulating both heads pretty much at the same time, which is 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 good for whenever you're first starting out. Okay, so you just want to try to master that that curl. But then by going through and alternating the position of your elbow, you're going you're gonna uh -huh. to shift the focus onto a, a different head. So a lot of people will talk about, say, like a, a preacher curl. Uh, uh, sometimes it might be called a Scott curl, where basically you're doing any position to where your elbows are positioned forward. By doing that, you're shifting that focus more to the short head, which is on the inside of your, uh, of your bicep. And so, I mean, even for people that are listening at home right now, if you go through and, and you're sitting here and you're, uh, if you go through and you shift your, your elbows forward, uh, you can feel that, that bulge begin to start to pop out there uh, in that baseball section of, of the head. And so the, uh, the, so the counter to that is to stimulate the long head is by doing a, a, a curl where, say, like with your dumbbells, where you have your back leaning against an inclined bench. And so by doing that, you're letting your arms drop back behind you, which is really going to stretch out that long head. And so as a result, it's going to put a nice amount of, of stimulation in that long head. So, so that way you're, you're alternating your reps. So that way you're making sure that both heads are getting an, an equal amount of, of stimulation. So whenever I go through and I'm attempting to, to build a new workout, so one of the things mm -hmm. that I try to do is alternate through all three. Now, you and I have talked in the past about how I'm, I'm a big fan of antagonistic sets. Uh, yeah. Antagonistic sets are where you've got, you, you have two different uh, exercises that you're working together. And so that way, so like, for instance, if I'm going to do a, a seated cable row, and I'm going to partner that with a bench press. So whenever I'm going through, after I get done with my bench press, I move to the seated cable row which allows my chest to relax, but I'm still working my back at the same time. So I'm not just standing around waiting and doing three sets back to back of seated cable rows. Instead, I'm uh -huh. doing bench press, then my seated cable row, bench press, another set of seated cable rows, and on and on until I've done the full amount that I want to do. So with, uh, so now, so we're going to keep that in mind. We're going to keep the antagonistic sets in mind. And then we're going to okay. move to the, the, the part of the arm that makes up two thirds of it. And that's your tricep. So again, going back to Latin, tri meaning three and set meaning head. That means you've head. got three uh, sections within your tricep. And again, each of these need to be individually stimulated as well. 
So the easy way to explain it to people is any movement that you're doing where your hand is above your head. So if you're going through and you're doing a tricep extension where your hand is above your head and you're, you're moving at the elbow, moving that arm up and down, that's a tricep extension, and that's going to work the outside of your tricep. Or uh, I'm sorry, that's going to work the, the inside of your tricep. Mm-hmm. But then if you go through and you shift and you do what's, uh, anything that, that's a press down, so say you've got that, you know, that bar on the cable and you're pressing it down uh, with, your, with, the, um, with your elbow acting as, as the pulley, uh, by going through and doing that, that's going to stimulate the outside of your tricep. Then the, the harder one to get to is that horseshoe that sits in between those two tricep heads. Uh, and the best way to do that is to do uh, a, a type of press down, but where your, your, your hand is actually inverted. So that way you're getting that nice pull extension and you'll feel it whenever you go through there. So mm-hmm. with the tricep having, so the tricep has the three heads and then I want to go through and make sure that I have stimulation both in a neutral position uh, and then a, a, a short head stimulation and a long head stimulation. So what I'll do is I'll pair all these together. So say I go through and my first set of, of, um, of my bicep exercise, let's say, we'll say we're all going to do dumbbells. Uh, this okay. Time, okay. So I'm going to do a dump, So I'm going to do a dumbbell from a neutral position where my elbows are are neutral, and I'm going to go through and I'm going to do my my dumbbell curls. Then I'm going to do a tricep overhead extension, and I'm going to pair those two together. And so I'm going to go back and forth between those for the number of sets that I want to do. So then when the second set comes around, now I'm going to shift to more of a short head focus, and then say a bit of a push down. So now I've got those paired together. And so now I'm doing short head and a push down and short head and a push down, short head and a push down. So I've run through all of those. And then for my third and final set, I'm going to do a long head stimulation uh, where my elbows are positioned back behind me. And then I'm going to couple that with that uh, inverted extension. So that way I can go through and I can hit that horseshoe. So by combining all three of those elements together, what you're getting is a nice rounded amount of workouts where all the different heads are all receiving equal amounts of stimulation. And I think by implementing something like that, you're willing to, or you're going to find that you're going to get much more, uh, much more blood getting pumping into those arms, which is really the key to, to go through it and develop that growth. And so the, the important thing to remember is that in a situation like this, you know, you can go dumbbells, you can go barbells, you can go bands. Uh, so there's a, a variety of different ways that you can build all this and put it all together. And by doing that, you're getting those muscle fibers all uh, built up and getting an equal amount of blood flow to it. And so it's kind of one of those things where it seems pretty simple once you understand what you're looking for. And it's kind of one of those things I wish I would have had someone come through and sit me down and explain to me, okay, this is how you're going to set this up. And then by mm-hmm. going through and doing that, I think you'd see a dramatic amount of improvement in your, in your, in the tone and in the strength of your arms. Now you've dispelled the whole myth that uh, weightlifters are just a bunch of uh, dumb guys lifting heavy weights. Uh, the science and the reasoning behind what you do uh, shines uh, forth so powerfully that hopefully you've given the rest to that particular myth. I, I certainly hope so. Cause I, I do think that's kind of one of the, the big, one of the bigger misconceptions uh, is, is the fact that it's uh, that. And the, the other one that I've found uh, is that 
um, it, people they go through, and, and the majority of gyms, uh, they're all going to have these mirrors in there. So that way you can go through and you can watch your form to make sure that you're doing things correctly. And I think one of the big misconceptions is that people think that those mirrors are up there for vanity. So that way, right. oh, because we're all so in love with each other and we're staring at our bodies and you know, admiring how strong we are. And while I do think that's important, I, I think it's important to be able to go through and see your form to make sure that you're doing things correctly. And it, it is important to go through and say, you know, wow, look at all the hard work that I've put in. But really what those mirrors are for, at least for me anyway, what I've found is that um, I, I don't want to say that I, that I suffer from, if I suffer from this condition, it's a very mild case. But I uh-huh. do suffer, I think, and this is just me self-diagnosing with my pop culture, you know, psychologist hat on. Uh, but I do okay. think that I suffer a little bit from body dysmorphia. Um, and, and I do understand that there are people out there who have legit, I mean, full-blown cases of and, – and body dysmorphia, uh, to explain, it's where you don't see yourself as a proper representation of how you are in the mirror. And I do understand that there are people out there who suffer from anorexia and bulimia because of their, their body dysmorphia issues. And so I uh-huh. don't want to – I don't want to diminish – their um, their condition by by lumping myself in with it when I'm not nearly at that level of extreme. I mean, because I understand there are people that, that suffer just tremendously from that, and so I, I don't want to be uh, flippant towards you know their condition. And, and I hope that those people can go out and get the help that they need. But so whenever I'm standing there and, I, and I'm and I'm posing in the mirror, uh, maybe body dysmorphia is, is not quite the correct term, but I, I feel like I'm. I'm constantly, my eye is always being drawn to my negative areas and or, or the, the parts that I see as negative. I always feel like, you know, my stomach's just a little too big and I'm not as shredded as, you know, the, the guys that you see in the, in the magazines and things like that. And so no matter, it's, it's like no matter how good the improvement I'm making in, in other areas, I, my, my eye is always drawn to those trouble areas. And so it's almost like enough is, is never enough. And so I'm constantly trying to go through and, and, and fix that. So I think when, when people go through and they see bodybuilders and, and people just exercising in general, but it, you know, so if they see them and they're flexing their muscles in the mirror, I think a lot of it's that misconception that people are thinking, Oh, look at this vain guy over here admiring himself when really what you're doing is or for me anyway, is that I'm looking at those trouble spots and saying, okay, well, it's all right. So I need to get this a little more leaner and this needs to be a little bit bigger and, uh, because that's one of the things that we really try to focus on, especially when it comes to bodybuilding, is that it is mm-hmm. it's a total it's a, it's a it's an all over program. You're not just going through and and working four sets of of muscles with four sets of exercises. It's really an all over program because you're trying to build this general aesthetic. And so if you go through and you don't train your legs, you get the, you know so you have the little chicken legs, but then you're all you know big and buff in the shoulders and in the and and in the arms. It just doesn't look right, it, you know, because you, you look disproportionate. So it's kind of one of those things where you are, you're training all over your body and you're trying to, to hit all those different muscle areas so that way you're, you're building this, this aesthetic. And so that's probably one of the biggest problems that I come across is that 
Uh, I just I'm I'm so incredibly critical of myself because I'm I'm the person that sees myself in the mirror every day. And so there's kind of a time where I wish I could go through and, and find some way to put some sort of magical blinders on where I couldn't see myself, <laughs> you know, for, for, you know, for a week or a month or something like that, and then come back and go, oh, wow, okay, yeah, so, you know, those, there are those little improvements. But, you know, by going through and, and, and studying that science, what I've discovered is that there's always something new to learn. And to me, I just – you would think that I would have my head wrapped around it at this point. You know, after I, in, in June, it's going to be going on six years that I've been doing this, uh, but I'm still finding new exercises to do, new techniques to do. Uh, and in fact, just today, I was uh, work. I found a new exercise that I'd never heard of before, uh, where it's, it's called a, a jackhammer press down. And so wow. the, the press down is, is so it's if you imagine, OK, so you're you're operating a jackhammer. And so you go through, so you've got a, a cable and a, and a long handle, kind of like a, a, you're in the lat pull-down station. And mm-hmm. so what you do is instead of, so typically whenever you're doing a press-down, uh, you know, you, your arms are, are positioned at the side and you're moving at the, the elbow and you're, you're pressing the weight down in order to work the, the exterior of that tricep. Well, for the jackhammer press down, so you've, we've all seen the guys on the cartoons and they've got, you know, that jackhammer and their elbows are flared out wide to the side. And it's kind of the same thing where now you're doing this press down, but you're, you've got your elbows flared. So, and you, so you've got a really high grip up on that lat pull down bar and then you're pressing it straight down. And so it's just, it is, it's a unique way to go through and, and hit those triceps. And, you know, so it was like anything. It was the first time I'd ever done it before. So I put it on really low weight just so that way I could kind of train my body because, you know, saying, hey, this is what I want you to do. And then once you go through it and your body starts to figure out what you want to do, then you can go through, you start stacking new weight onto it. So here it is. You know, I've been doing this almost six years and just found a new exercise to do. So to me, that's one of the things that's, that's the most exciting for me is finding that new exercise, figuring out how it's supposed to help me improve and then working to implement that into my program. So no matter how much I seem like I try to go through and fine-tune this program to make it exactly the way I need it to be, something else will come along. And I was like, well, you know, that's that's not a bad idea. I like that exercise. Let me go ahead and throw that one in as well. And then just it expands that repertoire out further and further. And that's one of the things that I love about the the sport. That's an awesome uh, quality to have. I, I've cultivated that quality too. When I give talks on uh, anything, and I give a lot of talks on a variety of topics, um, I always inform uh, my audience that I'm sharing with them, uh, you know, what is essentially the result of a many decades journey. However, uh, one of them can say something that will change the way I look at things, and next time I'll be <laughs> I'll be telling them that. So uh, I'm open to growth, and uh, I too have discovered that, uh, like Socrates, you know, the only thing I'm really sure about is my own the extent and the depths of my own ignorance, because um, th- there is so much to learn and so little time to learn it, and so many different things to focus on that. Uh, it's a journey for all of us, and I guess because of that, it's an exciting uh, journey of discovery, and it remains that uh, for its entirety. And that, that is one of the things that I absolutely love. I, I think that's part of the reason why uh, I, I like coming on here and, and sharing the things that I've learned, uh, just because it's, it's kind of one of those things where 
what has fascinated me for, for people who go on this journey and for those, especially for those that have struggled, people that have struggled with their weight, people that have struggled with their physical appearance and their self-confidence and, and things like that. It's one of the things, because there have been some people that have approached me going, can you help me out with, you know, with this, or can you help me out with that? And I'm always happy to do that. Yes. I'll put a program together for you. Yes. I'll, I'll help you do this. And it's, it's not because I, it's not because I feel like it's some sort of passive aggressive thing where it's like, Yo, hey, Tubby, I think you need to lose weight. It's it's not that in in the least bit. Instead, what I want people to come across, and, and they kind of have to find it for their own. But when you go through and you lift an amount of weight that you've never lifted before, or you you break that personal best that you you know, and and then you go through and you're charting your progress and you're looking, you're going, hey, wait a minute, I've got records here from when I was just getting started. And it was, you know, my max lift. And now here it is six years later, and this is my warm up. You know, to uh-huh. me, that's one of the best, that, that's one of the best feelings in the world where you go through and you can, and that's, that's one of the things that I think that's great about bodybuilding and, and, and lifting weights is that you can literally go through and see your documented strength right. progress. You can say, well, you know, on this day, I lifted 100 pounds, and then on this day, I lifted 105. You know, so you can so you have that tangible element of that improvement, and it's not so much. It, and the numbers they mean nothing. I mean, you know, whether hey, if if all you can bench press is 100 pounds, great. Don't worry about the person who's bench pressing three. Yeah, you're you're not competing with that person. You're competing with yourself. And as long as you're continuing to improve. I mean, yeah, it's just, to me, to get someone to get that level, when they get hyped, you know, because they, they've passed this, this personal, uh, you know, best, to me, that's, that's what's really exciting. And so I, if I could bottle that energy and sell it, uh, the world would be a path to my doorstep, you know. But unfortunately, it, it just it doesn't work that way. The only way you get there is through your hard work. And right. so it, it's kind of one of those things that, you know, that's what I want people to experience. It's not that I want them all, you know, to get down to, I, I don't know, I don't understand women's sizes, uh, a, a size four. Uh, it, it's not about that. It's, it's about experiencing a, a, a genuine improvement in yourself. And, and so when you do that, once you start to experience that improvement, you want to share it with other people. You know, you, yeah. you're excited because you know, you're like, oh, man, I can't believe I did this. And it feels so great. I mean, it's, it's one of the greatest feelings in the world. And so that's why, you know, I, I want to go through and I want to share my story. I, I want to make, make your journey easier than mine was by you learning from me. So if I can reach back and, and help pull someone forward, to me, that's one of the greatest things that we can do as individuals. And so to me, it's, it's not about the, the physical improvement. It's about that emotional improvement. And right. so to me, I mean, if you can do that and if you can reach back and help your fellow man, I, I think that's what we're required to do. And so I know it, it, that seems like it's coming from a strange place. I think someone that would be a, an outsider looking in, they would look at me initially and say, I'm crazy. You go, wait a minute. You mean to tell me that going through and bench pressing and squatting and, and doing deadlifts is going to make me a more emotionally improved individual? And, it's, and you want to laugh at it and go, 
Yeah, it really doesn't seem that way, but trust me, it is. And so it, it does. It makes you, if you do it right, it makes you more compassionate. It makes you more willing to help your fellow man. So that's where you know I want to advocate to people. If, if you're feeling depressed, get in the gym. If you're feeling anxious, get in the gym. If you're feeling sad, get in the gym. Uh, you know, because you'll go through and the, the chemicals that your brain is emanating, you know, whenever you're going through and working out, it's just the best feeling in the world. It's, it's the most underused antidepressant that we have. Uh, and so it's, it's so coming on here and sharing my story, if if I reach one person that says, you know, hey, well, yeah, let's let's jump in this gym thing. Let's see if it tries it. You know, try it. Let's see if it works. Uh, so if I reach just one person to me that then I've done my, my good deed for the day and it'll help me sleep a little easier tonight. Very, very true. And very, very well uh, said. Um, and uh, um, it is something that uh, you share and the sharing is very important. Uh, we might always not always see eye to eye on you know, the, the virtues or uh, non-virtues of a particular exercise or sequence, um, however, we're learning from each other through sharing information, and that's something that people uh, comment. And it's true even politically. Like, uh, I'm uh, a Democrat. I lean a little bit uh, to the left, although I'm not an extremist in anything. Uh, but all sorts of people come on my political show, including a conservative Republican. <laughs> and we have great conversations. You know, we, we don't have to agree about uh, uh, everything, but there's enough human in us in common that uh, there's a lifetime of things we can focus on without getting into any of the polarization that uh, people get through. And I too believe that bodybuilding is ennobling. Um, and since ancient times, it was tied with areti, which is usually uh, translated as virtue, but it goes beyond virtue. Areti was what the Olympic Games were all about, and the Olympic Games were religious events dedicated to the, the Olympian gods. So they were presented as, uh, you know, sacred, and they were thought of as uh, sacred. Areti means personal excellence. So what you're striving for through sports is to be your best, to go beyond the limits set by the social role that you possess, to go beyond the limits of... Uh, um, what you've been told you should be focusing on and to take something that you need uh, your body to experience this life and then make it the best that it can be. Um, athletes were used uh, as models for the statues that the uh, Greeks had of their gods and goddesses. So uh, it, it, it says a lot that, you know, that it's a spiritual path. It's a psychological path because you gain self-confidence. Uh, you learn how to visualize uh, and you learn how to face adversity because you're, you're struggling with heavy poundages. Uh, I'm very attention deficit disordered in my thinking. My brain's all over the place. Uh, but when I'm doing a heavy bench press or a heavy squat, my attention is very focused and singular uh, because I can injure myself greatly if I'm not totally focused. So it becomes a type of meditation as well. Well, I, I understand that completely. Now, I, I did have a friend who uh, commented, commented to me one time, and, and I don't think they were wrong uh, in that. Uh, so I, I work, my nine to five job is uh, I'm an office manager for an insurance company. And mm -hmm. so uh, with our insurance company, we are largely uh, reactive. Uh, you know, it's, uh, so we're going through and, and we, you know, we're processing paperwork and things like that. But when 
someone calls up and, and says, you know, hey, my house burned down last night, uh, that's when we really spring into action. And so, uh, so you know, we go through and we, we have our typical day-to-day operations, uh, but then my job is, is largely reactionary, and then I'm, I'm going through and, and, and helping out people. Uh, then, you know, we have, uh, you know, everyone has issues, you know, parenting with kids and, you know, and then we've got, you know, issues that are bombarding us there through, you know, throughout the day that we have absolutely no control over. And, you know, so a, a lot of, it feels like I would say a good, probably 75% of my life is me reacting to, uh, you know, things that, you know, are either going wrong or I'm trying to keep them from going wrong. So, you know, you're spinning a lot of those plates in the air. And a lot of it is reactionary. You know, it's, it's how do you right. react whenever your car breaks down? Uh, and so then you've got to go through, you've got to get all that stuff done. But for me, for those two hours in the morning, where whenever I go into the gym, um, it's, it's me and, and that's it. You know, it's, uh, the, the amount of success that I have is not based upon anyone else. It's based strictly on my performance. Uh, Henry Rollins once said that iron is the great equalizer. Yeah. Um, because the, the iron doesn't care. Uh, he used a, a choice expletive in the, 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 you know, just the iron does not give a, an expletive. Uh, it's 200 pounds. Either you lift it or you don't. There's no yes man behind you saying, you know, oh, you know, uh, giving you all those false platitudes. So the iron doesn't care. So you go through um, and whether or not I lift it is, is strictly up to me. And either I lift it or I don't. And if I don't, even if I fail, that's fine. So now I just have to work harder in order to get to that place. So it, I can see the appeal of what you're talking about, where it's, it's going through, it's, it's improving us as, as human beings, because it's solely dependent upon me. And my right. success is, is based upon me. Uh, the, the other thing that, you know, I, that I'd be curious to see is that because of my schedule, and because of, uh, you know, when I work out and things like that, I, I pretty much work out alone. I don't really have a, a partner to train with, uh, but then we talk about how the, the benefit of competition, where I think if I had someone that was in there that was close to my, uh, you know, my level, where we could push each other. You know, Schwarzenegger talked about uh, Franco Colombo was his, yeah. you know, was his training partner, and, and he was the one that pushed him beyond levels. And we've seen, you know, where uh, Larry Bird was certainly elevated by Magic Johnson, and, and you know, so the two of them pushing towards each other. But uh, I do think that there is a certain amount of appeal for people who uh, maybe are less concerned with uh, competition. Uh, t- to bring it back to, to video games again, uh, I enjoy playing World of Warcraft because it's me versus the computer, and maybe it's me and, and a couple of my friends, but we all have the same goal of fighting against the computer versus there are certain PvP games that are out there like Overwatch, which are absolutely fantastic games, but you're fighting against another human opponent. Uh, and mm-hmm. I tend to get my butt kicked in, <laughs> in games like that. So it's more I, – I like those games more where it's me and a group of individuals, and we have that shared goal of uh, the, the five of us together, we're going to take down uh, this, computer gener- this computer-controlled enemy. Uh, that appeals to me. So I do understand that there are some people out there who maybe are a little bit reluctant uh, to get into the, that, that competition level, even though I do think that competition will take you to the next level. Uh, but so again, you know, if you're cons- no one's keeping score, everyone's just going in and, and, and training to be the, the best possible version of them. 
So for those introverts that maybe are afraid of doing the whole group dynamic thing, that's where I think bodybuilding would be a wonderful uh, avenue for them to explore because then essentially it's just, it's you versus you. And yes. uh, so to me, I, I think that would dramatically appeal to someone that's more of an introverted nature. Uh, very, very true. And then to folks who are extroverts uh, too, they might like to cut around. Like uh, I started out life very introverted and, and then I'm kind of balanced. Uh, I, I like uh, being alone most of the time, but not uh, all of the time. And uh, I find that I talk more when I'm doing uh, entertainment uh, than I do when I'm not <laughs> doing entertainment. Um, but uh, um, I prefer working out alone. I've had training partners uh, during various points of my uh, bodybuilding journey. Uh, and it did have all the virtues that you uh, outlined and all the advantages uh, but also there was a longer wait between uh, sets if you're alternating right. with someone else. And I, I like you know, getting through that workout, uh, not sloppily, but quickly. I, you know, I don't like resting for too long. So that, that was the drawback uh, of having a training partner. And then if you have a chatty training partner, they're going to want to talk more than do exercise. So uh, it's right, a yeah. And again, it depends on uh, you know how you swing with that and what uh, your optimal way of functioning happens to be. Absolutely, yeah. And and so with me, it's uh, it's it's trying to be efficient. Uh, there's a, there's a couple of channels that I follow on YouTube, and and uh, it's kind of one of the, all all of them tend to gravitate a lot of times towards a lot of the same advice, and it's just uh-huh. simply get in and get out. You know that seems to be a, a fairly a common theme amongst a variety of, of people that are out there uh, with videos. You know, it's, you, you don't have to spend, you know, uh, three hours in the gym, especially if you're standing around talking for the majority of the time. Yes. Right. Get in, get out and then get on with your day because we're all busy. We've got stuff that we've got to do. So yeah, uh, doing an efficient workout is, uh, is definitely something that's important to me. And that, that could be a segment possibly for, uh, for our next show. Uh, it sounds incredibly awesome. Now, um, the today in closing, uh, I was just going to review with people like some of the basics as to what uh, the show, what the Age of Heroes, what uh, uh, this uh, physical fitness quest, uh, the quest for optimal wellness, as we're calling it now. Uh, every now and then, I just go over the basics and put on some uh, nice music. Uh, so we're not in a rush. So if you'd like to stay on longer and share more, you're more than uh, welcome to. I'm more than happy to answer any other questions that you have. Okay, fantastic. Um, as you know, right right now I'm doing something totally different. I'm using the X3 uh, bar system, which is uh, bands, basically. It's a platform, some bands, and a, uh, um, a type of uh, barbell uh, that's a lot smaller than the regular barbells. And initially um, – it was so different than what I was uh, used to um, that I had a lot of resistance to trying it initially. And also uh, the disbelief that just by using rubber bands, you know, anything really dramatic would happen. Uh, but now I'm in my uh, 11th week and uh, it's amazing the results that I got. So uh, what uh, I committed to 12 weeks trying this thing out, and now it's going to be part of my uh, program. So um, 
I learned how to you know, do all the exercises. I've elaborated and uh, incorporated uh, their suggested alternatives, and I've created a few of my own. So it, it does more than the regular program does for me. And one of the things that um, really, really uh, shocked me, because uh, I like working out, and I like taking my uh, – um, you know, all my different equipment, my toys, and trying them out in different combinations. Here I was just using bands. Um, and I seem to get good results just doing basically uh, I did curls, uh, reverse curls, um, pull-downs. And uh, then um, I did the wrist curls. Uh, and that's all okay. I did. Um, and uh, it was like three times a week for mere minutes. And uh, I got a, a lot of good results. Um, what I started doing now, because I'm finishing up this, uh, you know, their, their uh, course of instruction, is uh, I really miss the finger and the hand and the holding, like the grip uh, type of holding heavy weights exercises. So I'm incorporating them. Um, I enjoy them, so that's why I do them. But I don't know how effective they are in building. This is a long question. I don't know how effective they are in building my arms. Uh, but I used to uh, use uh, uh, like uh, hand bands on my fingers. I used to use grips and all sorts of things uh, because, again, I, I enjoyed uh, doing it. Um, what have you found when using like doing finger exercises, for instance, or grip exercises where you're holding things? How effective do you find them in terms of building muscle? And if not effective for building muscle, um, how effective do you find them for other types of uh, um, exercises or uh, as advantages to working out generally? Sure. Okay. So uh, the band training uh, is something that initially uh, I stayed away from it because I didn't understand it. And quite frankly, it looked dumb. Uh, you know, it just, uh, so wait a minute, I'm, I'm, I'm using these contracting bands. This makes, and you know, so it, at, uh, you know, it, it looks like a, uh, like a little wimpy exercise. So I didn't understand the science behind it until I started to understand the science behind it of, of why it's used. Okay, so whenever you're going through and you're doing your, your standard dumbbell curl, if you're looking at it, uh, say, uh, from the side, and you're going you're gonna to curl from uh, 6 o'clock, uh, and you're going to curl up to, let's, let's say, 1 o'clock. Uh, if right. you're going to go through where you're going to experience the most amount of work is from six o'clock to, uh, to, to three o'clock. That's, that's where the majority of the work's going to come in whenever it comes uh, to dumbbells. So if you're going to fail, you're probably going to fail at about three o'clock. You're not going to be able to get beyond that certain threshold uh, and then it'll drop back down. So the majority of your work is taking place there between six and three. So then it was explained to me how bands actually work. And so with bands, the farther that they contract, the more difficult it's going to get. So when you're dealing with a dumbbell, the science behind it is everything from just to keep everything simple for your listeners. All right, let's say we're uh -huh. going from six to 12, six to 12. Okay. We're not, we're not actually going to curl all the way up to 12, but just for, you know, for simple purposes. So where you're going to fail is going to be at, at 3 o'clock. Uh, and then so pretty much everything from 3 up until 12 could be considered garbage time when it comes to working out with a dumbbell. 
Now with bands, it's it's different because the easiest part of the curl is going to be from six o'clock to three o'clock, and where you're really going to make your money is going to be in between three o'clock and 12 o'clock. That's where it's going to get really hard for you. Uh, The benefit of training with bands that I've found is that you can go extremely fast, which, and so whenever you're going through and do it, you don't have to worry about, you know, dropping the weight or slinging it halfway across the gym, you know, so you can go through and you can work out a lot faster. And so it's kind of the difference between white meat and dark meat. Uh, so, you know, your dark meat is your slow twitch muscle fibers, and then your white meat is your fast twitch. So if you're going through there and you're working out really fast and hard, you're going to stimulate that white meat uh, a, a little bit more. So I do mm-hmm. understand the appeal. It was kind of like where I didn't, I didn't understand the guys that were going through and were strapping chains to the, to the, to the barbell whenever you were doing, uh, let's say, like a bench press. And uh-huh. so the, it, it had to be. It had to be explained to me. For every, for the farther that you push that bench press up, more links are going to come off the ground, and so as a result, you're adding more weight. So as yeah. it's it's, a, it's an incremental amount, but still. So the the farther that you get up, the heavier that weight's going to get, which is going to force you to because. If you're doing a bench press, you're going to fail typically, you know, uh, there in that first beginning. So the garbage time, by the time you're able to lock your elbows out, just about everything else beyond that is is going to be garbage time. So it's it's adding more weight onto it. So going back to what we were talking about before with, you know, with your bicep curls. So let's say, for instance, you want to do one of those things where uh, you want your arms positioned back behind you. Uh, in order mm-hmm. to stimulate the, the, the long head. So you can lay with your back against that incline and you're going to get that same effect, or you can take the bands uh, and you can, uh, you can loop them off at a low anchor and then step away from it. And then you can do those, those uh, banded curls, I guess is what you'd call it uh, there from an angle. And so again, you're just trying to find different ways to attack that muscle to trigger those muscle fibers. So, uh, I, I'm sure that the uh, the I want to call it X23, but that's that's the the X Men hero. Uh, it's the X3 <laughs> system that you're working with. Okay, okay. So uh, that X3 system. So so you've gone through and you developed that. So you're going getting ready to go on here to your 12th week, uh, and then it would be my recommendation for as effective as it is, and I'm sure it's killer. Uh, set yeah. it aside for four weeks go back to your more traditional dumbbell training uh, and then shock those muscles back into, uh, into learning something new. Uh, and then after four weeks, you go back to the X23, just or to the X3. Uh, so that way you go through and you're constantly changing your routine up because if you just keep doing the same thing over and over again, you're going to see that plateau. You're going to see that law of diminishing returns. And so as a result, it's always good to go through and change things up on a regular basis. So I do understand the, uh, the science behind those bands from what you were posting on social media. They look, I mean, they're chunky. I mean, you know, that, so I'm sure it's a pretty difficult workout compared to the the bands that I've got, uh, at my gym. They're more like surgical tubing, you know, or, or things like that. So it doesn't have quite the amount of resistance. But that's good for me because I'm not trying to get uh, uh, massive in size. For me, it's, it's much more about 
uh, longer reps at, at lighter weight. So that's, that's what's working for me. But so, yeah, I, I do understand the, the concept behind the bands. It sounds like this guy has, uh, pun intended, uh, put the bands on steroids and, and really found a way to improve this. And I think it's, it wouldn't surprise me if you start to see that catch on uh, and you start seeing those systems show up in other gyms. Yes, I I, um, I believe that I will see that because uh, the first few weeks I was so exhausted uh, um, after doing a 10, 15 minute workout uh, that I just wanted to go to sleep. <laughs> I was so, so much out of me. And that's what surprised me too, because, you know, 10 minutes, that's nothing, <laughs> you know, or, or so I kept telling myself, but no, the 10, 15 minutes was, uh, uh, was more than uh, enough. Um, I, I intend on taking a break uh, for the reasons that you listed. I don't know if, if I'll go four weeks or not, uh, but I, I, I will take a break. And uh, I do miss some of my other routines, although they weren't as effective um, in uh, the, their results as this was. But I intend on incorporating this as I've done other things, like the Charles Atlas, which I incorporated into my uh, routine, uh, muscle control and some other, the ancient systems, um, you know, work uh, fairly well. Uh, and uh, so uh, um, I, I found something new that I can incorporate into my uh, uh, lifestyle portfolio was an awesome thing. So with, so whenever you first got started, see, whenever I come across a, a new exercise that I want to try, I always try to keep the weight fairly light in order to, yeah. to teach my body, hey, this is, this is what we want you to do. And so it, it takes a little bit, and then my body starts to figure it out. And then once it goes, oh, okay, yeah, we understand what you want us to do now, then those muscles start to learn that exercise. And then as a result, then I start to see the, the increase in weight. So, you know, I start out with, you know, maybe we're just doing 20 pounds, and I'm teaching my body, hey, this is what I want you to do. And then I'll start to see those, those increases begin to stack up. So with the X3, do you find that that 10 minute worth of workout, was it just your body not being used to working with the bands or now that you've started to develop and you've taught your muscles, Hey, this is what I want you to do. Is the 10 minutes still exhausting or did it extend out the more that you started to use it? Well, it extended out the more I started to use it, but the exercises were hard. Uh, there's four different bands, and you could wrap them around uh, the platform, put them on the bar, either uh, singly, you know, going around once, or doubly, going around like twice. And the, the doubly okay. makes it twice as hard. So you have like eight settings, let's say. Um, and uh, I finally got to the fourth band with uh, two exercises. Uh, um, for my chest and for my triceps. So on my chest and triceps, I'm using the uh, the most powerful band doubled. And some exercises, uh, like I can probably do more, but because I have neuropathy and bad shoulders, uh, my uh, uh, over-the-head press uh, and my squats, uh, I'm still on the lower uh, band uh, wrapped around once. Um, okay. So basically, I'm using all the bands at different permutations of single or double, um, and I like I went up this week in my uh, arm exercises to the next band. Uh, my uh, um, my uh, regular bicep curl and my uh, um, forearm curl. 
so that's right. Well, it's and so it, it's just going through teaching your muscles. Okay, hey, this is this is what I want you to do. And so I'd be curious to see. So if you if you step away from the bands uh, and, and say it's it's for a four week interval, when you come back, I wonder how quickly it takes for your body to remember. Hey, this is what I want you to do. Uh, and you know, so your your muscles go through, and it's a little bit of a shock there at first. But then th- that muscle memory begins to kick in and goes, oh, yeah, I remember how to do this last time. And then – but what you've been doing in that four weeks actually ends up improving the X3 system whenever you come back to it. That's, that's, that'd be the, the interesting science experiment that I'd want to try. Well, I'm, I'm going to be trying science experiments, so I will, I will keep you posted on the, the results. And uh, uh, it, it's uh, – um, it's it's again the the results were dramatic and it was totally unexpected and I had serious doubts that it would work even like one set instead of multiple sets and uh, uh, basically just push and pull and there were four exercises for push and four exercises for pull uh, and then there were a couple of uh, elaborations that brought the number up to um, you know seven instead of four and I like that better that worked. Uh, um, you know, having seven exercises per session rather than four, I enjoyed that a lot more. Um, but uh, still, I didn't believe in my mind that this would be as effective as it actually was. So uh, the important thing is it broke my mind prison. Um, I've shared before how uh, when I used to go to the gym fairly often, I was stuck at like 298 pounds with my bench press or something like that. Uh, I had this barrier. I couldn't get past that 300. Um, and then one day uh, when I was uh, distracted and I was taking the weights off of the uh, uh, bar uh, between sets, I discovered that there was 330 pounds <laughs> on there. So I did the 30 pounds as if it was under 300 and discovered that the whole thing was in my head. But that was real. And, and we've talked about it before. A lot of your struggle is in your head and your beliefs and your unbeliefs. And uh, um, if you could break past uh, what your uh, inner self, uh, which is the cautious part of your inner self, uh, actually, which is telling you can't do it. Um, and that's what guides you through life. So it's incredibly difficult to do that. Uh, it, it, it's really amazing to see what human beings are capable of accomplishing. And it's it, it's one of those things where uh, I have uh, somewhat of a similar story where I I wasn't paying attention, you know, I, I was distracted for whatever reason, and I thought I had a certain level of weight on the on the bench press, uh, and then got underneath it, you know, and lifted it off, and and went, you know, I remember telling myself going, ooh man, you know, this is this is heavier than than usual. And I just thought it was, you know, weakness on my part because, you know, there are right. there's going to be times I I'm I'm extremely motivated to go to the gym. I enjoy it there. It is my happy place. Uh, but mm-hmm. then there are just there, there's just some days, you know, there are some days where you just can't make that mental connection with the iron, no matter how much you try. And so there are times where you you go through, you put forth your best effort, uh, and you know, maybe you just set it down. And you go, okay, I'm going to come back tomorrow rather than try to kill myself, you know, by, by you know, going to exhaustion here. I'm, I'm just going to set it aside and say, well, I'm going to come back again tomorrow. So the, I do experience, you know, those days every now and again where it's just I don't have that, that mental connection with the iron. 
And so, you know, I got underneath the bench and I, and I go to lift it and went, Oh boy, this feels really heavy. Just for whatever reason, I'm just feeling kind of weak today. And then went through and, and did my reps and then racked it back. And then whenever I went to go to, to start unloading the plates, I went, huh? Oh, okay. Wow. I had, I had more on there than I was anticipating. No wonder it felt so heavy, but at the same time, you know, I, I got a decent amount of reps. So yeah, you I did. do think that there's uh, there's an interesting uh, mental connection. There's a mental barrier that you do have to break through, and I think that's where, if we could ever get to that sci-fi era uh, that we see oh, like my. in the comic books or, or or things where you just go through and it puts a certain amount of weight on there because of anti gravity fields or something like that. If you didn't know how much weight was on the bar. And so, you know, your buddy comes in and he just, uh, don't do this. If you're listening to this, don't work out blindfolded. Uh, but if they could come through and they could put a blindfold <laughs> on you and then just say, just lift it, man. Well, how much is it? Don't worry about it. Just lift it uh, and, right. just, and get as many as you can go to failure. I think you'd be surprised at the amount of weight that you were capable of, but you see all that weight on the, on the bar and mentally you'll start to psych yourself out. Uh, you know, because you're thinking, oh, man, this is so much weight. So, yeah, I do think there is very much a, a real mental connection to it. And my dad always, you know, it's, I, oh, I can hear him right right now. Just, you know, right there in the back of my skull, I can hear his voice, uh, you know, telling me, well, as a man thinketh, so a man is. Yeah. <laughs> and and he's, he's right. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where, yeah, if you go through and you mentally believe that you can do it, you'll do it. You know, it, it may take you a little bit of a longer route, but yeah. So either, uh, Oh, there's a quote out there. And now that I need it, I, I can't remember it, but whether a man thinks he can or he can't, he finds out that he's right. He's right. And so I think, yeah. So going through and having that positive mental attitude, uh, then yeah, I think that makes a world of difference. But then I also think the key to that positive mental attitude is knowing that, Unless I decide that I'm going to go into competition, which I honestly don't see myself doing any time in the future, uh, this is a very long and drawn-out process for me. There is no end timetable. So uh, bringing it back to a fantasy element, we could talk about how if, if we were vampires and mm -hmm. time has no meaning, it's really hard to get out of bed in the morning because – Eh, I'll get to it tomorrow, you know, and, but if you can go through and you can adopt that mindset to going, well, I'm going to continue to do this for as long as I can do it. And I'm not in any big hurry. Then I'm going to go through and I'm going to do volume training and you know, I'm going to train a bunch. Uh, but there's, there's no real end in sight. So, Hey, if I can't get down to this certain weight by this certain timetable, it's not the end of the world because I've right. still got, you know, plenty other days, you know, between now and the end in order to achieve that goal. And so by doing that, by taking a little bit more, I'm not saying not work hard, but take more of a relaxed attitude in just, Hey, the, the progress will come. You go through, you put your head down, you put the work in, the progress will come. So mentally tell yourself, all right, I'm not in a race. I'm not in a hurry. I'm not competing against anyone else. And I'm here to have. And so if you mm -hmm. go through and you do that, because we've seen those people that drag into the gym, and they're just, they don't want to be there. And so there's part of me going, hey, if you don't want to be here, go home. You know, it's, oh, this is a necessary evil. You know, you can see it in their eyes. Whereas I'm there to have fun because I think this right. is going to go through and, and improve me. So I'm, I'm excited whenever I go into the gym. 
And I think if, pe- if more people adopted that attitude and they had fun when they were working out, they'd do it more often. I believe so, too. I, I, uh, I found, uh, again, over the years, you discover things uh, that uh, surprise you. Uh, I found that if I forced myself to go to the gym, I never regretted it. <laughs> I always, uh, after getting into the uh, uh, workout, I was glad I came. And the workout motivated me to continue uh, working out. And uh, um, I might be a little weak on that day, so I can't hit the, the weights I was hitting, but I can complete the workout uh, doing the best I can with it. And uh, by the time I leave, I felt enervated, and uh, uh, I was glad that I went. So I learned not to skip uh, workouts. Uh, one of the techniques I think right. that helps me a lot is I know, uh, well, now I'm exercising six days a week for 10 minutes so it's, or 15 minutes, but um, was to plan to exercise all seven days a week because I knew that things invariably came up. So I definitely get like five workouts out of the week. So I didn't plan my days off ahead of time because life sometimes threw a day off, you know, where I had to attend to things and I couldn't do my exercise. So I aimed for every day. And as long as I didn't miss more than two in a particular week, I was fine. Right. See, I I think that's probably, that's, that's part of the reason why I shifted to morning workouts. Uh, and that does mean that I, I'm getting up, uh, uh, you know, pretty early, especially with the whole time change thing. That makes it uh, a little bit more difficult. But what I've found is that by going in and working out uh, before uh, before my my workday, there's less of a chance for things to be derailed. Because if right. things are going wrong at uh, at six fifteen in the morning, uh, I've got bigger problems that I've got to deal with. Uh, but so by going through working out in the morning, there's less of a chance for me to be exhausted from work. There's less of a chance for me to, you know, to have that motivation wane, whereas instead I'm getting up and first thing in the morning, I'm headed into the gym. And so uh, before, whenever I was leaving, uh, uh, before today anyway, it's if there was starting to become a, a sliver of light there, you know, that the sky was starting to pink up and the, the rosy fingers of dawn were beginning to creep across the sky whenever I'd uh, leave out in the morning. And uh, boy, but uh, today it was dark uh, whenever I left uh, for the gym. <laughs> but to me, there's almost something satisfying about that. There's There's something about I'm, I'm up before the rest of the world is still asleep. So I'm going to go in, I'm going to get my work done. So that way I'm ahead of the game. You know, it's, I'm I'm ahead of everyone else uh, by going in and getting stuff done early. Uh, And and so to me, there's something tremendously satisfying about that. Now for your listeners, if you're not a morning person, I don't recommend that because then that's just going to go through and derail your progress if you've got to drag yourself out of bed in the morning, then by all means, if you're more of an evening person, go work out in the evening. You, know, you That's where you have to modify your schedule to fit what you're doing. And so my schedule may not work for other people, depending upon what their work schedule is, things like that. So you have to find what works for you. And what works for me is that getting up in the morning and getting things done. So that way uh, my, my plans can't be derailed by life as as right. you said, boy, and that tends to happen. Life has a way of going through. Oh, you got a plan? Hang on, I got a monkey wrench that I'm going to throw in there. <laughs> very, very true. Um, one of the weirdest things, uh, one of the weirdest realizations, uh, and uh, right now I haven't been going to a gym in like a couple of decades at least, 
Um, but uh, last time I was going to a gym uh, religiously, um, I, I was with somebody. He wasn't my training partner. I could lift much heavier than him, but we used to, like, you know, encourage each other um, on the machines. And uh, I used to go very late at night. There was a gym, uh, the Olympia gym, that was open until, like, 3 o'clock in the morning. So just like early in the morning, there's less likely to be a line for the machines. Uh, really late at right. night, there was uh, less likely to be a line too. Uh, so one day we're working out, and there's like other people working out, and uh, he, he came to me and asked him, remember the old guys at the gym? And he goes, oh, yeah. And then we swapped some old guy at the gym stories you know, from over the years. And then I told him, I just realized that we're the old guys at the gym. <laughs> mind blowing because <laughs> I, I must have been creep up on you. Yeah, yeah, in my forties, and here I was. I was one of the old guys at the gym that these guys were going to remember and tell stories about someday. <laughs> right. Well, I, I'm fairly lucky in that the 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 gym that I use, uh, the wellness center that that I use, uh, it, uh, typically I'm usually the only one up in there. Uh, who's really going in and getting after it as far as the weights go. There there are some of, of the older men, as as you mentioned there, that come in and do the cardio. But uh, most of the time I actually have the place to myself, which I find to be you know tremendously appealing. Uh, and But they told me today that there is a chance, because it has to be staffed, that be, they're putting contingencies in place uh, because of the coronavirus, where they're afraid that if yeah. things go through, they may have they may have to change their hours. Uh, and they may be, you know, uh, opening later and closing early. And so I, I completely understand that for health reasons. But then there was a part of me going, hey, wait a minute. Uh, that means I'm going to have to change my schedule around uh, to figure out when I'm going to work out. And so it's kind of one of those things where it's like, well, I'll just I'll process it. We'll handle that bridge whenever we come to it. There's not a whole lot that I can do about it in the meantime. So right. whatever will happen will happen, and, and hopefully things will get better from it. Michael DeRussi, who's on before you uh, on uh, um, this uh, edition of uh, Voice of Olympus, um, he is into um, holistic things, and he shared a bunch of uh, vitamins that people can take uh, to help boost their immune systems uh, during this uh, uh, crisis that we're undergoing. Uh, I know that uh, supplementation helps, and I know that exercise helps. Um, and uh, I, I would certainly think so. Yeah. I'm not a doctor, I, I mean, but I would think I, that it would and, help. And nor am I, but I, I always kind of to joke that uh, you know because I'm because I've been working out so much. Uh, you know, I I honestly can't remember the last time that I have been seriously sick. And let me go uh-huh. through and knock wood here because now I'm just I'm inviting uh, you know illness into my house now. Uh, but I mean, it's it going back and stretching. So since I've been working out. I don't remember using uh, a sick day or having to call into work because I'm sick. And I think that's probably because, uh, I mean, I just have to assume that going through and working out on a regular basis, I mean, obviously we're all going to be you know, susceptible to the flu bugs, but I think by right. going through and, and developing a, a regular physical routine, you're keeping your metabolism high, you're keeping, you know, your, your energy levels up. And I think that probably makes you a little bit better equipped to, to handle it. Or, or if you do get it, it's not going to keep you down as long. Now, again, I'm not a doctor, but I, I would certainly think that the logic behind that would seem pretty sound. 
Right. That's what I would think uh, as well. And, and plus exercise, uh, uh, it kind of is like a, an enforced uh, inflammation, if you will. You know, it, get, uh, it gets your body uh, reactive to perceived uh, threats. And that is very helpful. Um, you know, in the in the amount that exercise will bring that to you. So I'm I'm thinking, and again, not as a doctor, but as somebody who's worked out and you know uh, uh, tried different things for decades, uh, that uh, you know that working out would help you stay well. I would I would certainly think so, and so that would be my recommendation for others. Yeah, if, if you want to avoid getting this coronavirus, and may, <laughs> it's the thing where I think maybe gyms are kind of empty right now because people are afraid of intermingling with other people. But I mean, the the, the majority of gyms that I go to, they are they're tremendously clean because they're using the disinfecting wipes and things like that on a regular basis. So it's uh, I'm going to go ahead and continue to to live my life regardless of the potential threat there. Uh, same here. I'm going to live my life uh, regardless. You know, I'm, I'm just going to do what I can. Uh, I'm going to continue exercising. I'm going to continue eating right. I'm going to uh, shore up on my supplementation. Uh, and uh, uh, also, uh, years ago, I used to do pranic exercises. Do you know about pranic exercises? No, I don't. It's like using breath and other uh, energies um, to shore up your body's defenses and there's also like psychic self-defense so i'm going to be playing with all of these (laughs) as we navigate through this crisis as well as uh, the stuff i normally do sure now um we're almost at the end of the show so thank you for sticking around and uh we covered a lot and uh one of the things i was going to do tonight was i was going to read some of the reviews of your books your graphic novels because uh i find them very inspiring and i've used them for purpose of of inspiration uh as everybody who's ever checked out my uh um my uh, facebook or other social media or uh, has looked at my website when I was actively working on my website or who knows me knows that uh, I use all of these visual media, including movies, to inspire me, uh, to motivate me, uh, to keep me focused on what it is that I'm trying to do and why it is that I'm, t- that I'm trying to do it. Uh, so your books are not only well written, but they're well drawn and they're very evocative in their colors. You know, so um, they're high on my list of inspirations. Do you have anything that you do uh, to keep you focused and inspired? Uh, is there any routine or any uh, type of uh, um, lore or objects you know that, that you go to when you need to be inspired? I, I do think that uh, dating back to, to my history, uh, I, I feel like right now we're in an absolute golden age where uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe has brought uh, – uh, it, it, it's brought something here that I never thought I would get to experience. Uh, reading those heroes – reading about those heroes as a kid, uh, you know, that was my mythology. That was – uh, you know, I, I probably learned more from uh, Spider-Man and Captain America than I did from the Bible. You know, it's uh, that they, they were the heroes. And so now to be able to see them writ large on the screen is absolutely fantastic. And, and you know, going back to the, the films of the 80s where you had only a small number of, uh, you know, the, the action heroes, the, the Schwarzeneggers, the Stallones, the Van Dams. Uh-huh. Uh, but now it does seem like there is this, uh, which they're going through and they're transforming these, these actors. 
uh, into just, you know, physical specimens, beasts, you know, yeah. just, that they're amazing to look at. But yet at the same time, they're all, they're very human. Uh, so I think whenever, so I see those movies and that's certainly very inspirational for me. Uh, and then also uh, I do listen to a lot of music. Uh, whenever I work out, and then I just have a variety of things on my phone and on my MP3 player, uh, and you don't have to dig too deep into YouTube in order to find incredibly motivational speeches from famous individuals, and there are people that go through and they they put them to uh, dramatic music, and to me, that's one of the more inspirational things that I can have uh, so uh-huh. you've got you know this this tremendously inspirational music, uh, and then it's it's uh, you know overlaid over the top of Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, explaining his six rules to success, where someone went through right. and took his commencement address at colleges and then set that to music. And so I like to pepper those in every now and again just to to give me that amount that that extra little kick of motivation. Uh, so be it you know Arnold Schwarzenegger or Les Brown or The Rock, uh, any of those guys when they go through and and they do things to get you motivated, that's one of the things that helps me directly. You know, it's whenever I'm going through and uh, if if I need something immediate, something tangible, right there, uh, that's always one of the things that I go to. But then uh, the other is so that's that's kind of more of the short term, the immediate. Uh-huh. Uh, but then I also just. I, I just start thinking about, you know, the long term. And, and one of the reasons why I got into this, and I, I know it's, uh, it's a tad selfish, but, uh, you know, my daughter is 16 years old. And so uh, I've got, I'm, I'm going to say a solid 10 years. You know, so I, I, I've got 10 years where I, before I have to really have to worry about this. But I always told myself whenever I first got started, uh, what I wanted to do is I wanted to look sharp in my tuxedo when I walked her down the aisle, you know, that's, I wanted to do it on my original knees. I wanted to do it without wheezing, you know, or without the, the help of a rascal scooter. You know, I just wanted to be able to, to look nice for her. And, you know, so that way I could give her away. Uh, and so that's always been something that's in the back of my mind. It's uh, unfortunately, I lost my mom uh, when she was uh, far too young and uh, so it's, it's kind of one of those things where I, I tell myself I'm not ready to go anytime soon. And, I mean, when we go, we go, but it doesn't mean I'm going to rush, you know, headlong into that freight train. Uh, so, right. it's, so it's it's for my kids. It's to go through and to make sure that I'm here for a really long time so that way I can be there for the important events. And so I think by going through, uh, uh, you, they talk about this a lot, is you have to find your why. You have to find it, find your why to do things, and when when that why is beyond just you, you find a way to dig down a little deeper. You sit at the keyboard for a little bit longer and write out a, you know a few more you know pages. Uh, you know you go through, you work a little harder. You, know, you 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 do a little bit better at your job when you're doing it for someone else. And I've got three kids, you know, that I'm providing for, and so that's been that's all that's really always been my motivation, and it it. Uh, it doesn't hurt the fact that I'm single as well. And so uh, hopefully one of these days, you know, keeping my fingers crossed, I'd like for a woman to be physically attracted to me as well. So it's, it's, it's a little bit of motivation there uh, for me. So, yeah, hopefully uh, finding Miss Wright and taking care of my kids, uh, that's, that's long-term. And, but then in the, in the immediate time, 
as a strange dichotomy as that is, I'm going to listen to the rock, <laughs> you know, yell at me and, right. and tell me to push harder. You know, but, but I use those. That's what works for me. And that, that works for me as well. I've done that uh, more uh, and I've done that less, but I've done that throughout my life. <laughs> and uh, uh, it's, it's very powerful uh, to hear people that you admire uh, share uh, the difficulties that they encountered uh, and uh, the challenges that they uh, faced. And even the times they failed and had to get back up again. Uh, and uh, uh, their example is inspiring because they attained uh, that which you're currently seeking to attain. So, it, so they also show you that it is possible and that they once felt the way you feel. And uh, um, I find those types of uh, talks invaluable, and I listen to them every now and then as well. That's good. We're reaching the end of today's journey. Again, thank you for staying uh, over. Um, I learned a lot about uh, building my biceps and my triceps and also about living life. Uh, so I thank you very much uh, for that. Any new projects uh, coming out? Uh, there there are things on the horizon. Unfortunately, there are things that I can't talk about quite yet, uh, but there could be some real big, big things uh, in the future. At least I certainly hope so. Uh, but maybe I'll be able to talk more about it uh, the next time that we speak. That'll be awesome. And any last words of wisdom you have to offer to people uh, who, uh, again, are delaying starting uh, because uh, of their fears, fear that they'll be made fun of, fears that they'll fail, and so on, because uh, that is something you do excellently. You put people at ease, and you encourage them to move forward. So uh, what can you send to people at home? One of the best pieces of advice I ever got was uh, imagine where you'll be a year from now. You know, uh, think about where you, if you don't start now, where are you going to be a year from now? And if you start today, when you get to that year anniversary, you're going to look back and say, man, I wish I would have started this sooner. That's if I could go back and tell young me, that'd be the first thing that I would do is start sooner, learn faster, you know, develop quicker. So that way you're not battling back against so much. Uh, And the the biggest fear that you're facing uh, it's, it's all in your head. No one else is Mm -hmm. paying attention. No one's making, you know, they're all, we're all way too concerned with our own things. And yes. so we're all too focused on ourselves. So if you think that everyone's staring at you, trust me, they're not. So, they're not. but learn through doing that's that it's the best way to learn is to just get in there and get started. And because once you start and you start to see those improvements, you're going to want more of it. It almost becomes, it's a great addiction to have. It is a wonderful thing to be addicted to is self-improvement. I don't think anyone would fault you for wanting to be better. And so if, if these talks that we had today, if it's, if it's helped one person, then mission accomplished. And thank you for letting me come on your show and, and help anyone that, that needs it. Uh, it's, it's my honor to come on here and talk with you about it. And uh, my honor as well. Thank you very much, Ryan. Uh, you're awesome. And thank you very much to all who have tuned in today. Uh, Until next time, it is us wishing all of you joyous journeys and amazing adventures. Thanks for listening to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network. 
join us seven nights a week for exciting programming covering a variety of expressions of faith. And remember, all manifestations of the divine are equally valid.